Hey everyone, Chris O'Mealy here. You're about to listen to this week's episode of The Nerd Table, and you might be noticing that the length of the episode is much, much shorter than the episodes that we normally put out. The reason for this is we had an unfortunate tech issue that caused the latter half of the episode we originally recorded to flat out disappear. These are the unfortunate things you deal with in the podcasting world. However, given the choice between either not doing the episode at all, or at least giving you something, we are going to give you the first half of the episode as we originally recorded it, because you guys absolutely deserve to hear at least what we have to say, for that portion anyway. I would like to apologize to everyone who participated in the video game discussion thread whose comments did not end up making it onto the episode because they did occur after the tech problem. I accept full responsibility for these tech issues, as it was my computer that caused them, and I do apologize to anyone disappointed in the much lower quality of this week's episode. However, we're still going to give you something to enjoy, and we will make it up to you next week when we play our aforementioned game that you're going to be hearing about in this week's episode, and hopefully that will be a nice little recovery thing here. Thank you guys for your patience and understanding. Enjoy the episode. Sit down, have a seat, relax, pull up a chair, grab a placemat, grab an appetizer, whatever you gotta do. Sit down and join us at the Nerd Table. Hi guys, I'm Chris O'Mealy, and I am joined by my podcasting partners in crime, Dan Peck. Oh, she gave it to me first, I was not expecting that. No, I know, that's why I did it. (laughs) And Eric, Best Buy does not open at 10 Flores. Yeah, Best Buy does not open at 10. That is correct. <laughs> Eric, 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 explain to everyone why we're delayed in recording today's episode. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So uh, I had some audio issues, and I was trying to figure out if it was, like, my headset. But then I also noticed that I was getting, like, uh, my controllers weren't working right. So I was like, fuck, man. It's the Bluetooth dongle that I got. So I had to go buy a new one. And uh, I don't really have days off except for on Saturday. So I was just like, all right, I'll just make a quick stopover at Best Buy. They open up at 10, grab the stuff, come back, and I'll, I'll be good to go, right? Like my headset will be good to go. Then I'll actually have some stuff for my controller so I can play my games. But I go over there, and they're not open. They don't open till 11. And I don't know when the fuck that changed, but I was just like, well, shit. The only thing that was close Probably changed during the pandemic like everything else. Like Walmart's not <laughs> right. being 24 hours anymore. But – yeah, I haven't been to Best Buy since the pandemic, so that that would make sense. But I knew, like, before the pandemic, they opened up at 10. So I figured they'd be open. And they used to have breakfast until 11. Best Buy? McDonald's. <laughs> God damn it. No, you go all day. I don't give a fuck. It'd be great if Best Buy had a breakfast until 11 o'clock. Oh, my God. Am I... Did we already come up with the title of the episode? Is the title of the episode going to be Best Buy Breakfast? Best Buy Breakfast. Can you imagine? You just show up to Best Buy like, I would like uh, a backup hard drive and a coffee, please. That would be the greatest thing ever. I could get pancakes and Blu-rays at the same time. Like, (laughs) yes. Actually put a pancake in your Blu-ray player and brick it? No, because I'm not a (laughs) dum-dum. I had pancakes for dinner last night. Cause it looks like we're having waffles for dinner tonight because the mix was out. So. Well, so we we always have the, we always have the famous "What do you want for dinner?" conversation, which every married couple has. And 
And my wife goes, did you know that the diner is on Uber Eats right now? And I'm like, that sounds amazing. And then as I'm like in the middle of placing the order, the thing comes up, delivery not available. And I'm like, well, all right, guess we're doing pickup. But once you get into like that mindset that that's what you're going to eat, you, you can't just look at no delivery option and then cancel it, right? Like, and then, oh, I guess we'll do something else. No, I had pancakes on my mind. I was going to have pancakes come hell or high water. And then I had pancakes while we watched Shit's Creek, which is the new show we have started. Uh, yeah. Have you seen that, either of you? Mm, no. No, but my sister watched it last year, and it is definitely interesting with a bunch of people I like, so I will watch it someday. I, I was already hooked by the first episode, and that's pretty rare. But, because it's Eugene Levy and his son and Catherine O'Hara, and I, I don't remember the actress's name who plays the daughter, but... We're only a couple episodes into the first season. I'm already hooked. And I'm not a big Chris Elliott guy, but he's really good in this show. Really good. So there are I... certain people that I would be like, I'm not a big fan, but they're perfect for that role. And I think it's just because it's closer to their personality, so it's more believable. Right. Like, I was never a big, I was never a big fan of Chris Farley, but then I would see him in stuff. Like... And I'd be like, okay, his SNL stuff is perfect. And then I watch Tommy Boy, which is a guilty pleasure. It is ridiculous, but again, guilty pleasure. I love that movie. And that's that, not a guilty pleasure. That's a great fucking movie. Yeah, and so there you go. See, people love that movie. <clears throat> and I'm like, you know, I, I I haven't seen Chris Farley in a lot of stuff I really liked, but this was this was entertaining. And there's I think there's always gonna be that actor, right? That like But then there's there's other actors too, like if you watch the Twilight movies you're going to be like, Robert Pattinson is the worst thing ever. And then literally everything else I've ever seen him in, he was really good. And I'm like, so maybe it's not him. Maybe it's the director, <laughs> the the writers, the con- the content he's trying to put over. I'm sorry. Am I talking to Chris or Hayden Christensen right now? I'd w- talk about a perfect friggin' example right there. <laughs> That's... I don't blame Hayden Christensen or Natalie Portman for their zero chemistry wooden acting. Look at the dialogue and the direction. If the director goes, okay, that part where you just talked about sand was perfect. That's the final cut right there. That's not his fault. It's because I'm so in love with you. Yeah. If the director thinks that was good, then you're just screwed. Ugh. Thankfully, we're getting him back. Praise the Lord and John Favreau and Dave Filoni. Yes. I, I feel so bad for John Favreau after he got hospitalized for throwing his back out carrying the entire Star Wars franchise. <laughs> like, I, I genuinely... <laughs> and then I, I also absolutely love that the only way for Dave Filoni to take his cowboy hat off was to play an X-Wing pilot. It literally right. put something else on his head. However, however... I would have died fucking laughing and appreciated it if he still had the cowboy hat inside the fucking X-Wing. Oh, God, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't actually sneak that in somehow. Um, it's like, why the fuck? Like, why not? <laughs> it's on a shifter or whatever. Uh, yeah. So, what we strive to be on the nerd table is an escape from the real world. and Escape. And we're recording this nine days into 2021, and everybody wants to cancel, has already canceled 2021 after the seven-day trial expired, because everybody <laughs> hates it. 
So, <laughs> but we want to be your escape from the world, right? And we want to. I don't to know, be... man. Japan brought me two days of fucking awesomeness this week. So, I mean, <laughs> that that's true. Yes, uh, big wrestling show in Japan. It's their version of WrestleMania. It's called Wrestle Kingdom. It's two oh. nights. It was eight hours worth of wrestling. Right. I forgot that you guys do that. I was just like, are you in Japan right now? Oh, fuck. I fucking wish sometimes. Do you think either one of us would go to Japan and not invite you? Come on, man. Listen, I don't I don't know your lives that well. Why I want teleportation so I can just pop into Japan, watch a show live, hit on some chicks, pop back home into my own damn bed. Oh, American boy. <laughs> I'm a big American man. Oh man. They uh they apparently they really really like you if you do attempt to communicate with them. That was like the big thing I've heard is uh, enough of them, not as much as you would think, but enough of them do understand English to communicate with you, but if you're attempting to communicate with them, they'll literally be like, "Hey, that was very good, but we can talk English." Like that's I I've heard that story from people before where they're like they're trying so hard to communicate and the person just smiles and is like, "It's okay." I, I speak a little English. We can do it this way. It's it's a respect thing. And you all know how big respect is over there. Right. It is everything. I would not, like, because I haven't taken any lessons, but I saw some devices that I found, like, pretty interesting where you can talk into it and it automatically, like, it translates it and it says it in their language. And I, I, I want to use that whenever I go to Japan. Even if the language is a little... Like, okay, just as a perfect example, um, while I was gathering media for my Plex server, I w found a copy of the Animal Crossing movie that came out in 2006. And the subtitles on the version that I found are definitely literal translations. Because <laughs> you can tell it's English... But it doesn't really make a lot of sense, which is a classic Japan English uh, translation sentence structure. Yeah, yeah, it can be a little weird how it's how things are worded, but you're still getting the general gist of the story across, and it's it's entertaining. But but that's just it. Even if they were using a translator for me, and the words came out in enough order that I understood what they were trying to go for, then we can communicate. Uh, Chris Jericho tells a story in his book about when he was first, he first met two of the Japanese wrestlers, Jado and Gato, and he realized that they could only understand certain words. So once he figured that out, he was able to communicate with them. And the example he gave was they didn't know the word store, but they knew the word shop. So if he said, let's go to the store, they wouldn't understand that. But if he said, let's go to the shop, they knew what he was talking about. And he goes, all I had to do was just figure out which English words they understood. Like, if he goes, hey, let's go to the record store, they're like, what? He goes, hey, let's shop for CDs. They understood that. Once you can figure that out, you can talk to anybody in another language. That's true. Like, I remember when we were in, when we were in France, we were taking the train from Nice to Paris, which is about five hours, and there's a little sectional on the train with the four seats, and there were only three of us going, Ken, Sam, and myself. And boys, if you're listening, uh, shout out to you guys. That was a great day out, and I really enjoyed our little trip to Paris. I don't know if either one of them are listening, but... It was it, so romantic. <clears throat> it was. Actually, if you guys are listening, uh, Ken, congratulations on becoming a father. And Sam, congratulations on your artist app becoming one of the top artist apps on the App Store. So I want to give them a little shout sure, out. Sure, you could have married one of them, you 
and you married Shannon. Yes, I did. <laughs> what the fuck? That was so terrible. <laughs> that was so terrible. And you should be ashamed for saying that. <laughs> you had a nice romantic <laughs> time in Paris. Back to the two-man show. Uh, well, all right, well. <laughs> Good Jesus. But the point is, with the, we had the empty seat, and I remember this uh, this gentleman came and asked if he could sit with us because there weren't any other seats open on the train. And he was actually from Mexico, but he spoke English very well. And I remember he even told me, he's like, I'm not fluent, but I couldn't tell just how well he was communicating. He didn't sound – he his English sounded fluent to me. So he had learned enough where he could sit with these guys because this was a language we could communicate because he – I even asked him, I said, are we the only other people on the train you found that can speak English? And he goes, I was, he's like, yeah, I was looking for Spanish too, but I couldn't find any of those. So I went with the next, the next language I knew. And I mean, that's a good way to communicate, right? Yeah. And then that way we were, it was cool to meet somebody. Then my other favorite, my other favorite story was we actually, uh, while we were hanging out in front of the Eiffel Tower on that, you, you guys have probably seen the pictures. There's that giant field in front of the Eiffel Tower that, like, there's, like, thousands of people always on it. They're picnicking. They're taking pictures. They're just hanging out. Like, yeah. this big grass patch. Well, we were on the famous grass patch. We were taking our pictures. And Sam is actually really good at close-up magic. He's uh, he's really good at sleight-of-hand magic. So these two kids approached us who were, at, who were American because they heard us speaking English and asked if we could take their picture. They were from Nebraska. So Sam takes their picture and goes, hey, guys, check this out, and immediately starts doing magic in front of them. And I'm like, all right, ha- Howard Wolowitz, let's relax there. I don't even think that show existed at the time because that I was summer. To imagine, no. That was summer 2007, so even if the show did exist, they hadn't established Howard like, as a magician. All right, Chris Angel, mind freak. Yeah. Well, Angel, when did Angel started in, like, like 2000 got- or 2001, right? Yeah, he got big around then. For yeah, in mid So he, we we oh, we could have done the mind freak joke, but yeah, it was uh, it was Chris Angel and who, David Blaine, I think. Yeah, what about David I Blaine? Was was a really good close up, and he just started doing stunts. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why he did that. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay behind a case of ice for a week. <laughs> I'm gonna stand on the pillar for five days, and then I'm gonna jump off of it. Uh, that's not magic. See, my it's favorite, my favorite magicians are Penn and Teller because they do actual magic, but they're also hysterical. Yeah, my favorite is like the bouncing bagel and stuff like that, and then it's they've been hanging upside down the entire show. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, feel like. A lot of musicians are also like secondary comics and a lot of secondary comics are also musicians and you never get like a good mix of both. But with Penn and Teller, it's fucking hysterical. It's like they're like top of their class in both, in my opinion. Yeah, I I mean, that's that's just the thing, right? It's it's all the entertainment business. So one no matter how good you are at one thing. Once you excel at it, a lot of them want to do something else, too. Well, they were mentored by, like, one of the best magicians of all time. Like, he has a volume of books where there's only, like, a hundred of them in existence, and people want them. I also love their their show on HBO, uh, Penn & Teller's Bullshit, where they debunk conspiracy theories. 
I have not seen that. Yeah. I I used to watch their show where they they would um fool man, us. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like fool us or whatever. Yeah, fool yeah. us, yeah. Okay, is that what it's called? Yep. Yes. That I love that show. That show was great. Dan's a big fan of their video game, Desert Bus. <laughs> well, you're yes. a fan of the charity that plays Desert Bus. Not, yes. not necessarily the game itself. I don't think anybody's actually a fan of the game. It's just... They are also a fan of the charity that does it. They... <laughs> well, speaking of entertainment and video games, should I... I, I had two things planned for this week's show. Uh, should I do one of them now? Should we? Should we I make? Suppose. I okay. suppose. Well, well, Dan already knows what this is going to be, but I'll I'll explain this for Eric, who wasn't a fan of the wrestling show. But one of the most popular segments that we used to do on the wrestling show, uh, actually, most of the time had nothing to do with wrestling at all. It was an interactive segment with the listeners. Because I always, I've always prided my podcast on being listener interactive. That was the one big thing I always wanted to do to differentiate. And I love shows like that. Like, I, I love listening to Q&A shows and things where people can call in and stuff like that. I've always enjoyed giving something, making the people feel like they're, they're part of the show. Because the show wouldn't exist without the people listening to it, right? Everybody can agree with that. Yeah. So... The original game that we came up with was actually ripped off from the show At Midnight, which was on Comedy Central. Eric, have you ever heard of that show before? Um, somewhat. Yeah, the, I think I can't remember. The name sounds familiar, but I can't remember what the show was. There were so many things on Comedy Central that came on at night that they all yeah. just start to blend ba- Basically, in. yeah. So ba- basically, the show aired At Midnight. Well, originally, then, of course, they screwed that around. Uh, Chris Hardwick was the host, and he would have three comedians on, and they would put up, like, Jeopardy-style categories where they would try to come... They would just try to out-funny each other, and he would award points anytime they made him laugh. So, because the show was was Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk, the original name of it was just At Kayfabe, which was a horrible ripoff and no originality. And then eventually it became... Points or buried, which means we'd either give you points or we'd bury you. In wrestling terms, that's making you look like shit <laughs> in an irre- irredeemable way. And that was the big joke, was if your entry was, you know, like Dr. Zoidberg, your entry was bad and you should feel bad. And we would uh, we would be mean, but still in a, in a joking way. And then it just became points or consequences, because our old co-host evolved it to have like eight different impressions of wrestlers. And there was always something funny we would do. But then it just became POC for short. But it became the most popular part of the show. And I'll give I'll give you a perfect example. It's the one I always come up with that I remember from At Midnight. Is they said, candy bands. Come up with candy bands. You know, and my entry was 30 seconds to Mars Bar. So you, you understand where I'm going with that? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's, you, you pun stuff up. Uh, like we would come up with... Uh, we did the game the one week where we were like, okay, every PG-13 movie is allowed an, one F-bomb, right? Well, let's say every movie was allowed one F-bomb that didn't have it. So take a kid's movie and insert an F-bomb. And you get you get funny entries like Woody and Buzz Lightyear arguing. And Woody goes, you are a fucking toy! There was always a funny place to put it in there. This yeah. is the perfect time to fucking panic. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, take a kid's movie and ruin it. Uh, make it, it was usually pun based games or sometimes it would even be like, you know, stuff going on in current events. Like I did a, I did one where, and Eric, you'll appreciate this because you watch Dragon Ball. You remember the tournament of power in Dragon Ball Super. Each yeah. universe had to submit 10 fighters in a battle royale. So I came up with the game the one week. I said, pick a fictional universe and tell me who their 10 fighters would be. And people would like submit The Simpsons and then pick 10 fighters from The Simpsons that had to be com- competing. Or the, the the MCU. And if, if it was the MCU, which 10 superheroes would you represent? I mean, you'd have to combine superheroes and villains, right? Because you need the most powerful people. And they had Frieza on the team. Yeah, that's true. So it didn't it always have to be Boo, but that motherfucker just went to sleep. Boo, <laughs> give that... Boo is my spirit animal for a reason. I, I get it. So the game I came up with, I, I'm calling it TEC or the Entertainment Challenge. I was going to call it the Entertain Us Challenge, but I'm like, nope, I'm going to have to deal with the word anus every week. And someone's going to kill that joke within the first two weeks. And I'm going to hate it. That would have been me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It would have been me. <laughs> what totally would have been you? Not being ass about it. No, okay, anyway. <laughs> yeah, good God. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, nobody did the eighth planet any favors by naming it Uranus. That's true. Or the seventh uh, we, planet. We finally changed the name because they get rid of that joke forever. Well, the actual pronunciation is supposed to be Uranus, but nobody says it. It's called Eurectum now. Oh, yes, Eurectum. <laughs> Thanks, Professor Farnsworth. So every week what we're going to do, guys, is in our Facebook group, and I will give the the addy here. It's facebook.com slash groups slash the nerd table pod. Once again, that's facebook.com slash groups slash the nerd table pod. Every week at a certain time, uh, I will post a game and... You guys will have until the end of the week, until we record, to come up with an entry for the game. You're only allowed one entry per week, but you can change it as the week goes on. And then, you know, there are other rules like you can't edit your comment to try to be funnier because I read them in order. So if you want to submit a new entry, you have to delete your pr- previous one and then resubmit it. Don't you edit that comment or I'll, I'll skip right over it. And then... Uh, every week you have an opportunity to get a point from one of the three of us. I can give you a point. Eric will give you a point. Dan will give you a point. So you can walk away with three points. And then we'll agree which one was our favorite and award a bonus point to that. So if if your entry is funny enough to get a point from all of us, and then your entry was so funny that the three of us agree it's the best one that week, you could walk away with six points. And at the end of the year, we'll tally up your points and we'll using our patron money, because we have a patron, .com slash Club Kayfabe, we'll get you a prize. How's that sound? I like it. Sounds good. And you guys can come up with game ideas, if you have them. Um, just remember, you're, you're catering, catering to an audience here. So, if you submit a wrestling-based entry... Me and Dan will probably award you points, but Eric might not get it, and you just screwed yourself out of a point. Uh, If you submit something that's too anime-based, maybe Eric and I will get it, but Dan will be like, yeah, I don't know that. So, but you can also try to cater to us, too. If you're, 
If you can't think of something that would cater to the three of us, but you know for a fact that your Simpsons joke is going to pop me and I'm going to laugh, go for it. It's whatever you guys want to submit, whatever you think is clever. And I, and the, that's also part of the game, too, is to uh, to feel out the hosts and try to find what their senses of humor are. You know? Do, maybe maybe the sicker the sense of humor, the funnier your entry will be. <laughs> At least I know Eric will probably go that direction. Uh, yeah, yeah. Guilty. <laughs> well, that, well, that was the other thing. We would make all these jokes in the wrestling thing, and then everybody would make jokes about Owen Hart falling or Chris Benoit murdering his family. And it got to the point where I'm like, Okay, you guys are trying that every week. It's no longer funny. And people are like, well, I still think it's funny. I'm like, yeah, but I award the points. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice try. And how we used to do it on the show was we alternated each week who gave out the points. But I think it would be better if the three of us just agree on stuff. Because that way, that way, even if I don't find your entry funny, but Eric and Dan do, you still walked away with two points. And... They might think your entry was the best one the whole week. You might walk away with four points, and that might be better than just making the three of us laugh. You know what I mean? So don't go go for the go for the funny, the entertaining, all that all that stuff. And uh, yeah, you'll uh, you'll 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 get to you'll get a sense of our our humor as we go along. We'll make the first couple of games pretty easy, basic, generic stuff that anyone can participate in, like you know, ruin a movie or. something pun based on a video game you know easy stuff for nerd table and then we'll start to branch out and and i can't stress this enough we will take requests from the group so if you have an idea for a game you can submit that and i will i jot down every request and i will submit them as we go along and if you want to do something that's topical um if something like that was another thing that we would do is we would do topical games like if some news had just broken about Vince McMahon being an asshole and saying something really messed up, then that week's game was going to be based on that. Like when when Vince McMahon infamously told one of his wrestlers who didn't want to do something stupid that, but you have to pallet such good shit! (laughs) Because he thought that his idea was brilliant. We came up with a game where what else does Vince think is such good shit? Like that was the game that week. You know what I'm saying? So there's always... There's always something fun. There's always new ideas that we can do with that. And we can we can do it based on any nerd topic too. You know, we can we can have you guys come up with your own superheroes and tell us what their power would be or let's say that a celebrity suddenly developed superpowers, what would that superpower be but will make them really horrible and wrong and possibly offensive. Make us laugh, entertain us. That's the point of the game. I I think this will be fun. Because everybody who was in the wrestling group who joined the nerd table, and we got a we got a pretty good turnover from that, they already know what this is about, and they're already ready for this. So, at least at least the first few weeks, we'll have a couple of players. But we want to encourage everybody to try to play. And we'll do it right in the Facebook group. So go to facebook.com slash groups slash the nerd table pod. It's the third time I'm saying it. And join the community so you can play the game every week. Dan, did I miss anything at all in, in, while I was describing this? No, you got it. Okay. So there you go. Now, for the other thing that we talked about. 
Uh, I posted a thing on Facebook the other day that I thought was really interesting. I was just generally asking people, what is the worst video game you've ever played? That you oh. have just ever... <laughs> <laughs> it's like he knew. You know, something that you personally have played that you absolutely hated. Because I didn't want everybody to just be like, oh, the answer is E.T. Because a lot of people I know haven't actually played E.T. They just know about it. So I was like, okay, well, let's see what, what you guys think is the worst game you ever played. And the one that always comes to mind for me is that freaking Where's Waldo game on the NES. It was embarrassingly short. It's like six minutes. I beat it. Waldo goes to the moon. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm done. What do I do now? That was horrible. And every now and again, I'll just load it up and replay it just because it's funny to me. But it's a bad game. Uh, Eric, what was yours? Okay, so mine is a, it's a, it's a favorite among the hated games community, I yes. guess I can call that. But a lot of people have played this one. But a lot of people have played this, myself included. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And it's it's Superman sixty four. <laughs> it is just bad. Like it's bad. If you want to save your friend, solve my maze. Um, right? Like <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but if I had to pick another game outside of that that no one's ever heard of that I've played, it would have to be Ultraman for the Super Nintendo. Hmm. I got that on my Raspberry Pi. What did they do with Ultraman? Uh, Ultraman, it was just, it, it's a terrible game. That's, that's all I have to say. It's supposed to be like, um, have that Power Rangers feel to it. I mean, that's Ultraman, right? Yeah. But it takes a bill and it gets huge or whatever. But... Like that, but it's just bad. It's not did, did Ultraman ever really translate outside of Japan, though? Did Not really. Yeah. I remember them trying, I remember seeing it some when I was really young. So then why would you port that to the American Super Nintendo if Americans don't know what Ultraman is? That's just... That was probably one of the reasons why I didn't like it. But I had it. <laughs> so I'd like to go over what uh, some other people's comments were. And we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and react to some of these. So let's start with our old friend Glenn, a loyal patron. A loyal listener and a good friend. He was our old podcast co-host. Well, he can say it because he owns it. E.T. Uh, okay. If you owned it, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was before my time, so I can honestly say I didn't have it. Never played it, and I've only heard stories. I, I tried it out on an emulator out of sheer curiosity, and it didn't last very long. I had no idea what I was doing. I know there's supposed to be a story, but there's no explanation as to what to do. I'm just supposed to figure it out on my own. But it's not like that good kind of figure it out, like the original Legend of Zelda, where you could also, you know, find clues and figure out where to go next. No, this is just, what am I doing? Why am I in another pit? <laughs> You're supposed to be putting together pieces to a radio. Uh, so the classic, the, the issue with that game is that they actually got a really good developer for it, but he had like five weeks to make the game. Oh yeah, that was a rush for the the Christmas holiday, they, right? They wanted it to be out in time. And they're like, well, way to tell me on Thanksgiving it needs to be out for Christmas. 
Yeah, because the guy real. made like Yars Revenge, which is still a really good game today. Like he's good. He just had no time to make a fucking game. And then they're like, "Oh man, this ET tie-in, man, it's gonna sell so many. We got to make more consoles. We got to make a million of these games." And then, womp womp. Well, it did sell. <laughs> if that's a positive, we all see what happened from that. Definitely. Dan, literally burying it in a landfill. Dan, what's your what's your worst video game of all time? Jeez, I don't even know. Because you've played I know, a ton. I, I know one game is going to be on there that I don't think is bad. It's just not that good. And I know it's going to come up. Oh. I can tell you when it comes up. Or I can tell you right now. Oh, well, let's see Let's see when it comes up. That could be fun. Let's see where it pops up. Because so, I don't think it's bad at all. It's just not good. It's not uh, so, I think bad game. I think it doesn't work at all. It's broken, or, or it looks, or it looks like shit, or something wrong with it. It's like and, a defective type type game. Yeah, it's Bubsy 3D. <laughs> uh, well, especially when I'm thinking worst game of all time. I'm thinking unplayable, muddy mess. Right, like. Well, we're also looking is... for the worst game that you've played. Not everybody's played infamously bad games. I've never played Custer's Revenge. Yeah, if we're going buggy mess, I would have to say, like, well, I can't say anything because they all got patched out. But it all, it would have See, to that's be. That's a good thing now. I mean, we've had games that came out and were completely panned that are now great. Right? Like No Man's Sky. I haven't played that because of I, I heard the rumors and everything. And, and apparently it's really good now. And but... they worked it out. And you, get, you know what other game is pretty good now? Because I just got it. Because it was 15 bucks. Okay. That's Fallout seventy six. Oh, Fallout seventy six is great. I've been playing. I, they I play fixed. They fixed pretty much every issue they had. Did they release the new um, Brotherhood of Steel stuff yet? Yeah, uh, I got to go back and play it now. Well, what do you, you know? Some people are going to say Cyberpunk for that very reason. Yeah, Cyberpunk is a buggy mess on release, but, but so I, was like Skyrim, and look how popular Skyrim was. Sky, Skyrim right. was a complete disaster at launch. But they they patched it with yeah, it. everybody. Everybody loved it and was raving about it. Anyway, yeah, well, there you go. I remember hearing stories about like, uh, there's somebody got married. This was like a, a thing I heard on Nerdist. Somebody got married like the next weekend after Skyrim came out, and they were doing like icebreaker games with the people's tables because not everybody knew everybody, and everybody was be like, "Where are if you weren't." From here, what fantasy realm would you be from? And everyone's like, I'm from Skyrim then. Oh, jeez. And we're talking about the game was like a week old. Yeah. Oh, Eric, okay, so Eric. let's also do this real quick. So we already know that we all have our favorite franchises, right? Like whether or not that's uh, like the Metal Gear franchise or Gears of War or God of War or... Uh, Legend of Zelda for me and probably Chris really. I think that's that would be your favorite um, franchise. Would you say? No. no, it's up. It's up there. It's up there. Don't okay. get me wrong. But if I'm if I'm being honest with myself, I think I prefer Mario over Zelda. I've okay, always so preferred Mario. my Mario games over Zelda, and that's fine. So now let me ask you: What is what would you consider a bad game in your franchise? Because there's there ah. is one. There's always one. What so? What is the worst one for you that you've played? Not that you've seen that you've played. Yeah, yeah. no Phillips TDI for you, bro. I have I haven't actually played Hotel Mario. <laughs> so 
Uh, yeah, that the answer to that would either probably be Mario is Missing or Mario's Time Machine. Which okay. I did not like either of those. Mario's Time Machine is the most disappointing game ever. And I don't have anything against educational games. That's not the issue. Mario's Time Machine just wasn't fun. Because you travel back in time. The, the, the questions that you answer are too difficult because the multi, they're multiple choice with 20 different selections. And that's... So you can't even get a proper guess out of it. Mario's Missing, at least it was three choices. So if you missed it, you could always come back and try again. But, like, it was just... And then, like, the only actual gameplay was the the surfing stage with the mushrooms. Just wasn't fun. You're surfing with mushrooms? Okay. I, I haven't played either one of those games, so... But, yeah... My, from the Mario franchise, mine would have to be Mario 2. I fucking hated it. See, I'm I'm in the minority here, and I'm learning this as I get older. I have no issues with Mario Two whatsoever, regardless of the the reskinning of a game or whatever it's it is. So it's so weird and different, but I still think it's good. I think it's fun. <clears throat> I I hated that those friggin' lost levels. I hated them. They're just like Plus we get we get the shy guys and Birdo. Like it's just like all these characters. couple of things transferred over. Yeah, yeah. I thought the characters are pretty cool. I just thought like. It just felt so different. That's why, like, my, my least favorite Zelda game is the second one. Zelda because, 2. Yeah, Zelda 2. And, uh, like, yeah, I know there's some other different systems and whatnot, but that, like, I never played them, so I can't really count them. But every Zelda game has pretty much played the same, with the exception of that one, and I can't, I can't justify it. Well, it's also only the second game in the series. They tried something different. So yeah. I don't I don't fault them for that. Right. You know, I mean What about you, Dan? What do you got? What's your favorite franchise? I'm gonna say Castlevania. Oh, okay. There's a lot of bad ones for you to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> Is the answer Simon's Quest? Uh yeah. You're just gonna have to watch the Angry Video Game Nerd episode to understand. <laughs> <laughs> Simon's Quest was not ones. that fun. There's a lot of good ones, though. I love Super Castlevania Four so much. That game is Man. so much fun. But yeah, the uh, uh, Simon's Quest so, so frustrating. I had that Symphony of the Night. Symphony of the Night was fucking gold. It's one of the best games ever, man. Yeah, it's it's literally. That game is it's the biggest tease of all time because you start off with all these powers and you're just wrecking and then you lose all your powers immediately. And you're like, well, damn. <laughs> there is a way to skip death. Yeah. But it's like really hard. So I never do it. So my least favorite, and I actually have it, I have it here, of the Castlevanias was Castlevania Lord of Shadows. Is that on the DS? No, that is, I, I have it for Steam. Oh, okay. You don't like Lords of Shadow? I liked it. You like Lords of Shadows? I didn't like it. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't deal with the fucking camera angles. You can't really control it. That's a shame. I don't know. When I play a Castlevania game now, it's got to be a side-scroller. It could be a 3D side-scroller. That's fine. But I don't know. It's got to be a side-scroller now. You know, it's it's funny. When you talk about, uh, when you talk about Zelda games, I've... 
it, I, one game that came to mind immediately was the extreme polarization of Majora's Mask. I've heard people either say it's their absolute favorite game in the whole series, or they hate it with an undying passion. I was a, I was both actually. <laughs> I was both. Um, so I got it, and the first time I played it, I was just like, "What the fuck? I hate this game." But then I start. I needed to beat it because that's just what you do whenever you get a Zelda game. You just find that you know water level and say "fuck you" to it, and then beat the game. Also, you're a kid, so you're like, "This is one of the three games I have. What the fuck else am I gonna do?" <laughs> right. Uh, and then once I like grew up and knew how dark that fucking story is, I started to love it because of my personality. Like, oh man, the moon's gonna crash into the planet, and kill everybody. I know, right? Like, if I don't time travel out. approximately twenty times, Sephiroth needed a meteor. He <laughs> fucking Zelda's using the moon. <laughs> like, it's closer. You might as well just use that. If you can pull in a meteor, you could have just pulled in the moon. Sephiroth, you're overthinking shit. It's not just the moon either. It's the moon with an evil face on it. I know. Makes it so much better. Oh yeah, every every franchise has a dark horse in there. Like, you know, when when Grand Theft Auto really blew up, they started coming out with all the mobile and like the the handheld games, and those some of those were kind of ugh. I heard Chinatown Wars was actually very good, and probably should have just been ported like the PSP ones. That I ended up getting. Yeah, but there's other examples too. Yeah. I mean, like they say, no franchise is infallible. That's why they talk about how, uh, you know, as great as a franchise like Zelda is, and and people always love the uh, the boss battles in it, then they they will do a list about who are the worst bosses in a Zelda game because there's a lot of a lot of crap in there too. Like, <clears throat> like, and you know this, Eric, because I know you love this game. Link's Awakening is so friggin' phenomenal. But that stupid anglerfish dies in two seconds because you can just spam it with your sword and it's dead. <laughs> just it's just dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And that that dungeon, what is it with water dungeons having lame bosses? Because remember, Majora's Mask has that stupid fish. I think the the whole yeah that's that was bad. And too. then Twilight Princess <laughs> has that giant eel. It's that... not the boss; it's the actual stage itself. It's just annoying. Yeah, but then they don't, they don't, it's not like they have a fun boss battle. The only good thing about the Water Temple was the friggin' Dark Link battle. That could have been the fucking boss. That should have been the boss. And it wasn't the boss. The freaking mini boss. A freaking mini boss. All right. Uh, let's, let's talk about some more bad games that other people say that they've played. The, or I shouldn't say they're bad games. They're the worst games that they've played. So... Okay. My old friend Bill, who is now retired from Disney, he was a bus driver and a safari driver, he says the original Pong. I don't know if that's just him showing his age, but, yeah, he was not a fan. I think the problem with Pong is that uh, in order for it to be really good, you kind of need to play against somebody else, not the computer. True. That's true. Um, my other old safari friend, Michael, his wife chimed in and said, Echo the Dolphin. Never played it. Those were not good. 
apparently it's mostly just the controls are shit and it's it's not fun to control the dolphin and it's very easy to just like lose control of the dolphin and screw up everything you're doing uh my old coworker at the hotel Kevin ski free complete ski free mountain the old windows game that game was tons of fun well Kevin did not Never like yet. it I thought you sneezed. <laughs> Ski free. <laughs> That's the one that where if you played after a while, the abominable snowman will come eat you. Yes. Well, that's what he said. This the fucking snowman is such a shithead. It was his comment on that. So there is a nostalgia <clears throat> nerd episode about Ski Free. Ah, uh, Ski Free Mountain. All right, from Coach Calvin, independent wrestler manager in the Northeast. Vampire Rain on the Xbox 360. Anybody played that one? I never even heard of that one. No, the Xbox 360 library is so fucking huge. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) that's true. That is a giant game library. I I feel sad for the the people when that becomes the new retro gaming consoles and stuff like that. I think it's already there, don't get me wrong. But when they start having to collect 360 and PlayStation 2 games, oh, good luck. Jesus. You, you, ju- you don't do it. Just don't do it. Um, people trying to get, like, the complete every game, one of every game. Is just I'm doing like, that for the 64, but that's a little more yeah. like, realistic. Because 200 games, right? Instead 290, of 200 games a year. <laughs> two, yeah, two ni- 296 is the grand total. Just shy, and plus, just shy and, three. And 360 generation is the one that lasted 10 years. Well, let's see. It's almost it's almost 300, and I've got over 50. So I, I've made progress. But there's still oh, a long man. way to go. All right. right. Uh, this one comes from my old disaster coworker, Kenny. And I don't even know what this is. The guy game. Oh, I know, I know what that is. Uh, it's a quiz show, but they went to like they went to like uh, spring break. This show uh, sounds terrible, and so, it's wasn't made very well. And you're like, how do you not make a game that it's just ten second clip trivia question? Bad. <laughs> they coded it bad. See, I always liked. Uh... I always loved on the N64, they had South Park Chef's Love Shack, which was the South Park. It was basically South Park Mario Party. It was a quiz show with mini games. And, but the whole idea was that Chef was supposed to have on a bunch of, because it's called Chef's Love Shack. So the, the contestants were supposed to be all these models that were going to sleep with him at the end. And instead, they got elementary school kids. Stan, Kyle, Cartman, and Kenny. I just picture that game. Like, I've never played it. It sounds hilarious. But, like, the first thing was that popped into my mind was just, like, uh, when Chef showed up, he was like, hello, children. And uh, what's his name? He's just like, <laughs> Chef, what's the clitoris? Goodbye. Yeah. And he just walked Goodbye. Damn it, kids. Damn it, children. Go ask your parents for once. Why do you always got to ask me this stuff? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, Chef, what's the clearest? Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No. Yeah. Uh, it's always, it's never, hi, Chef. How you doing, Chef? It's always right to the damn question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. Yeah. You know what? 
it's kind of like how when they release those freaking Atari porn games or the NES porn games, and it's like you were really reaching at that point, but you know this. <laughs> the graphics are not there. So I, I can tell this story because I know he won't listen to this. Um, one of my current coworkers, the creepy old man named Wally, he's actually a very nice guy, but he is kind of creepy, only just recently discovered what's on the internet. And I'm surprised he still leaves his house. <laughs> because, <laughs> And the best part is just like seeing the gleam in his eye when he comes up to you and talks about it. He goes, guess what I found on the internet last night? And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. I'm like, probably Turns out the guys like Asian chicks. <laughs> oh, God, Eric, do you know that story? What? No. Oh, my God. Okay. So, <laughs> so the WWE was going to hire a Korean wrestler named Gail Kim. And Vince McMahon wasn't sure if he wanted to hire her because he wasn't sure about having an Asian girl on his show. And his circle around him was like, had to convince him that lots of guys are attracted to Asian women and there's lots of Asian porn on the internet and Vince had no idea that existed. Why did that not surprise me, though? There's a Vince McMahon... Jim Jim Ross literally told him, well, Vince... Yeah, I can see Jim Ross with his southern drawl. Well, you're sorry, Vance. Lots of there are lots of white men out there. Love them Asian chicks. I think they even showed him some Asian porn too, and he just like his mind was blown by that. <laughs> Vince McMahon doesn't exist in reality. He doesn't. Nothing outside of his bubble exists. He doesn't have a clue as to what's going on in the world. He doesn't watch uh, movies. He doesn't watch TV. He doesn't know music. He, he doesn't does... even watch other wrestling <laughs> programs, which he probably should. I mean, at least know what's happening. I mean, he knows degree. he to, he does know ACDC and the Rolling Stones, which are his favorite bands. But oh, yeah, it's Easy Top as well. <laughs> yeah, he loves them. Yeah, but that there, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like how there was always a tweet for everything. There's always a Vince McMahon story for everything, and yeah, that was a. But that's like the reaching thing too is when you have these when you have eight bit pixels and you're trying to porn it up, like that's just desperation at that time. I get that. That's all they really had to work with, but any kid with access to a VCR at that time could have had way better. So, I mean, kudos for trying. They, uh, I guess the big thing right now is like, if you go to look up Asian porn, it's all pixelated anyway. Uh, yeah. (laughs) That's why you get the tentacles because those don't have to get pixelated. Oh, for God's sakes. All right, we are moving on now. Let's, (laughs) All right, that's, back to that's why that's why there's tentacle porn. Back to video. To back to video games. <laughs> He's just trying to educate us, man. Oh God, <laughs> I we've been all right. F- I, we've been educated. We've graduated. Let's move on. Uh, here's one from our old interventions coworker, Tristan. Oh, hey, Tristan. What's up, man? Uh, we should like we should have him on. Uh, he he knows. Hello, his Tristan. Remember me. He knows his nerd oh, culture. Right. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> we keep doing this to you. God damn it. <laughs> well, I mean, we keep doing the wrestling thing to you. I mean, it's just the way it is. <laughs> well, he Eric doesn't know Glenn. <laughs> we already talked about him, so. <laughs> uh, from Tristan, he actually just posted a screenshot of a PlayStation 1 game called Excalibur 2555 AD. Oh, God. It's from... Why G- did I fucking... Yeah, no. Do you do you know this one? I, I believe so. 
if it's it the, let me look at the let me look at it it sounds really familiar excalibur 20 what 2555 it has a d plus on game revolution oh that's it, it passed that's still a passing grade right it's a 3 out of 10 from ign 4.5 or a 3.9 from game spot egm gave it a 6.25 so that's technically failing okay yeah yeah, I kind of remember this one. And Game I, rankings here at fifty four. I didn't have this, but I watched my friend. He he like uh, got this for like a birthday present or whatever. He wanted the um, Soul Caliber game, and they got him. Oh, there. and they old ladyed him. Oh my god! Do you have any yeah. idea? When I worked at GameStop, I tried so hard to help people. Like, right. oh, they want blah blah blah, or they're like, oh, my grandson wants Pokemon, and I'm like, then you want Diamond. <laughs> but this one's only ten bucks. You, he wants diamond. <laughs> Dude, if you make him this, he will hate you forever. <laughs> I wanna, my uh, my my grandmother got me one of those when I was a kid. That I always that I always really laughed at. And uh, when I one of my favorite Muppet movies was Muppet Treasure Island, and I didn't own it on VHS, so that was like the birthday gift that year. <laughs> And my grandmother got me the Muppet Treasure Island sing-along songs VHS. Oh, sing-along songs. I remember those. Yes, but I was also like 10 at the time. So. I got you the sing-along songs, but not the actual movie? Yeah. And I remember my mother. <laughs> my mother had a conniption fit about that. Although now my mother will be the one who old lady stuff. Because she's on oh, the brink man. of 70. Yeah, whenever I, get, whenever I ask for anything from any family member, I... And purposeful, especially like right in those first two years when they get a new console, I purposely like I want the PlayStation Four version of. <laughs> oh yeah, because because uh, you I mean you hear those stories and then you work at GameStop and you realize they don't tell those stories enough. I don't remember who did this, but I re- do remember somebody bought me Super Mario sixty four as a Christmas gift. Not only did I already have the game because I got the N sixty four that year, but they. But they bought it just because they saw Mario and thought I would like it, not with any knowledge of the fact that this I may not have owned the console at the time. Uh, I always get a kick out of that. I mean, here's the thing. The intentions are pure, so you can't get too mad about it. They're, they are trying. But, yeah. but, but at the same time, they had those gift cards that were like the small version of the console. And we would have women come in to only get like twenty five or fifty dollar gift card, and I'd be like, "You know what you need, you need to do is get the Wii box holder for the gift card, and then give them not enough money to get a Wii." Oh, that's terrible! Oh, awful! Glad a lot I- of shit happened at GameStop like that. Hell yeah, dude. I'm so glad I never went to a GameStop while either of you were working. I would have been miserable. No, dude. I mean, it was fucking awesome. I mean, they were in on it. it I, I was fully... This is a joke. And they were fully with it. And they did it. God damn. I was like, I'm not taking advantage of you. I just think that would be fucking hilarious. We... Uh, okay, so at the Florida Mall, uh, the GameStop there, um, we had this thing where, you know, basically guy got subscriptions and everything, right? Yeah. Um, we would give the subscriptions to people who were not in the United States, which they'll never get the subscription. We would just sell it. 
and it was just a running thing because it'd be cheaper for them. They, they buy so much stuff there, like here in the U.S. because it's cheaper. Yes. And we knowingly know that it's not going to work back in their country because they're not NTSC. They're on the PAL system. Mm-hmm. And I was we're about just about like, to say that. Yeah, we're just like, you know, it's not going to work over there, right? And they're just like, oh, no, it'll be fine. It's the same thing. And you're like, no, it's not. And you're like, all right, well, if if they just refuse to accept that we know it's not going to work over there, if they buy $100 worth of stuff and it's always used stuff, we just throw in the subscription and then send it to, like, our friends or whatever. So they would get the, uh, what's it called, Game Informer magazine, you know, all that good stuff. Because we had to hit subscription numbers anyway, and we were told to do this by the higher ups. Like, because if they reach $100, they automatically save 10% on all that stuff, and the cost of the magazine is 10 bucks. So we were told to do this to get our subscription numbers, which were faked, and we would just put the address of our friends and stuff like that on there. Aww. Well, Eric, my address is. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden, game. Free now. Yeah. All of a sudden, Game Informer would show up in my mailbox. Thanks, Eric. I said, <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, the guys were from Pakistan. Even better. So yeah, there was a lot of shady shit. As soon as you said someone from another country was shopping in your store, I'm like, how's that gonna work? And then you you mentioned the PAL system. I'm like, okay, yeah. So even on the modern stuff, that's. Yeah, nowadays it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, like, since PS3, they've been... Yeah. Well, yeah, but that was, like, the big deal about getting, like, the NES top loader because it could play PAL games, too, so you could get... You could buy Europe-exclusive titles. Right. If you're back the version of, uh... Uh, Sackboy, whatever, the first Sackboy game I had was actually officially the PAL version, but it didn't matter because... So, I, I told you guys this, that I really wanted to do that Super Nintendo show where I'll play a game and then have people streaming it with me so we can do commentary over it for like an hour a week or so. And when I was going through the list, I was like, do I want to do all the games or just the, the North American releases? Because sometimes there's some good Europe exclusives. And I realized that like half the Europe exclusive games are all soccer. And I'm like, yeah, I think we'll just stick to North America. Well, well maybe those will be bonus episodes if I find something I really want to play, but... I'll, I'll stick to the North American library. That should be fine. Oh, man. Yeah, that would just... Oh, God, just imagine that. <clears throat> uh, so, Glenn does chime back in here with an honorable mention. Because he said that... Uh, initially, he enjoyed these games, but they wore off very quickly. And that was the NES versions of Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. Haven't played either one of them. I have, so I can follow through with this. Nightmare on Elm Street is actually a pretty fun little platformer. It's got very little to do with Freddy, other than the fact that he's the the, the main stage villains. But the game itself is actually not that bad. Uh, Friday the 13th, on the other hand, is garbage, atrocious, hot garbage. And I'm glad they finally released a redeeming game for that. Because that game is just... Yeah, speaking of Among Us, that Friday the 13th game is pretty much Among Us. Yeah, I mean, pretty that's... much, but you know who the killer is. <laughs> yeah, it's hide and seek. <laughs> it's hide and seek. You know who the killer is, just want us to avoid him. I, I, you know, I was going to toss uh, and see if we wanted to play that, but uh, it's a more expensive game. 
I'd be up for it. I have it on PlayStation. I have it. I got I got it on the PS4. Is it cross platform? Don't know. Look that up. I mean, it's cross to the PS5. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll look it up. I don't have the PS. I mean, I got a PS4, but I don't have it hooked up, and I don't have PSM. I was going to suggest that, or uh, there's another. There's another one. What's it called? Dead by Daylight. Dead by Daylight. Dead by Daylight is cross platform. You can play on anybody else. Okay. So we'll we'll look at that uh, eventually. I'm up like, for I'm up for it. Although I'm I'm still super into Among Us though. So. Oh yeah, Among Us is great. I'd be looking to add, not replace, is basically what we the conclusion. Yeah, there. I'd be up for doing a, a weekly Dead by Daylight. Thing. I'll try that. We should try some of the um, the mods that they got for Among Us. They they got uh, one that's like a proximity one, so you don't have to mute your mic. Nobody can hear you unless they're next to you. And then um, they got like a sheriff mode one where along with the imposter, somebody can be the sheriff. And if they're 100% certain that they know who the imposter is, you can just kill them outright. But if you're wrong, you die as well. Ooh, okay. That could be fun. We'll look into that. Yeah, they're just adding all the different things from like Salem and stuff like that. Kind of Salem and stuff, but there's, everybody yeah. has a, a different thing. This is actually pretty cool. All right, another game on the on the worst that I've ever played list comes from independent wrestler Gladbad, who just wrote this piece of garbage, and it's a link to a video reviewing Jumper Griffin's story. Never even heard of it. Oh, the Jumper movie, the game. Yes, I heard the movie wasn't that great, but the game was worse. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, from Jason D., a podcaster in this area. Mortal Kombat Mythologies Sub-Zero. A rental that I instantly regretted. Is that the one where you play solely as Sub-Zero as you're going through? Yes, like, it's kind of like a it's kind of like a story mode but with Mortal Kombat controls. Uh yeah. Yeah, they should have just made it like a side scroller beat em up thing and it would have been the best. That sounds like it would have been a good game for like the Super Nintendo as a side scroller, but I don't think you could pull that off now. Well, what system was that for? That was sixty four. Was a sixty four game? Yeah. Uh, from our good friend and patron Randy, D and D on Intellivision. I don't even know anybody who had an Intellivision. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Joey Image still has a ColecoVision that works. But I know uh, I know a few people who had ColecoVisions. I've never met anyone who had an Intellivision. That was that was Mattel, right? Was it? I don't, yeah, I don't I'm pretty sure Mattel came up with the Intellivision. I knew a bunch of people who had, like, Sega Saturn and Sega CDs. Oh, yeah. I had, I had the one friend that had the Sega Saturn. Yeah, Mattel Electronics Intellivision. I had the one friend who had the Atari Jaguar and was so pissed off about it. <laughs> Why? The Jaguar wasn't that bad. It just failed. It, it did. It was because at that point, they're just like, all right, how many things are you going to put on this fucker? <laughs> <laughs> it has almost an entire keyboard on it. Yeah. <laughs> and that part of the Atari Jaguar conversation is unfortunately where the corruption happened. 
Uh, and once again, I do apologize for that, guys, but I hope you were enjoying the episode up until that point. I understand that's a very abrupt ending to leave you guys with. But hey, these things happen, and this is a free podcast, so unfortunately, from time to time, these are the tech issues we are going to deal with. However, you still got something out of this week, and you've got plenty more to listen to on CKCC Radio. We will see you guys next week, and hopefully we won't have this problem again. But thank you for all your continued support. We apologize again, and we love you guys. Thank you very much.